Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, April 19th, 2019. On today's episode, we're going to talk about Shanghai Disneyland. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Serretta. And joining me on today's podcast is my friend, Jeff Morelli. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. Uh, Jeff, you just got off the plane from Shanghai, from China. You had, you visited Shanghai Disneyland, among other things, uh, there isn't much news going on today in the world of movies and TV, so I thought it might be interesting to talk to you and get, get a perspective of a you know someone an American going over to China to visit visit their new Disneyland park. It's been open for I think a little less than two years now at this point, and uh, and get your perspective on things. Uh, so uh, are are you still uh, jet lagged from the flight? Uh, it was like a fifteen. 15- there is a 12-hour flight back, 15-hour uh, time difference between L.A. and Shanghai. Uh, we started in Shanghai, and then it's a two-hour trip to Beijing, and then 12 hours from Beijing. Uh, got to sleep. It was actually really easy coming back. Slept most of it, so <laughs> feeling pretty good right now. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, I think a lot of people will be interested in this because a lot of people that are theme park fanatics – like you and me, we like to, you know, visit the theme parks all around the world. It's my goal to eventually go to Disney uh, Tokyo Sea. Um, I know you've been there. You went uh, last year or two years ago. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm interested to hear about Shanghai because this is the newest Disney park resort around the world. Um, so uh, I guess how is Shanghai Disney different than the parks in the U.S.? So for Shanghai Disney, I mean, there's a lot of, I think, misconceptions about Shanghai Disney right now. There was a lot of talk before when it opened that the park is just so crowded you can't move, that culturally uh, it's just very different over there, that people are just cutting lines rampantly, that people are going to the bathroom in bushes and it's the park is just trashed. I don't know if that was the case before, but that definitely wasn't our experience for the two days that we were there. Um, one of the days was actually pretty calm and the next day was much more crowded. And while there are some cultural differences uh, with 
personal space. We didn't really <laughs> deal with the things of line cutting or uh, like improper line management. It's mostly just people are on top of you as you're standing in line. So that was the the big thing that we were worried about going in is that the park was going to be gross and nasty and all that. But I mean, they the employees were cleaning constantly while we were there. Um, for the most part, uh, being English speaking and them not really being English speaking there, uh, communication wasn't much of an issue. Uh, they seemed to understand the, the proper things to get you to where you needed to be to understand things like single rider, if you wanted to do that or are, are a lot of the passing. signs like in both languages. Oh, yeah. The signs are all in uh, either English or Chinese. Um, I don't remember any other languages, but definitely those two for yeah. everything. Well, that's cool. OK, um, I, you know, when this park opened, I watched some walkthrough videos on day one of people that just like posted, you know, three hour videos of them wandering around the park. And to me, it looked like this is like a phase one. This is like when Disney California Adventure opened up and it was clearly just like the beginning of their, you know, theme park empire. Like, I feel like, you know, I went to Disney California Adventure, I think a year into uh, after it had opened and it was kind of disappointing. And now, you know, more than 10 years later, it's, you know, a, I, I would think I, th- I actually think a lot of people like it more than Disneyland, uh, you know, proper. Um, do you think that that's the case here, that this is like the beginning of a theme park? Absolutely. Uh, it feels very much, if you've been to uh, Disneyland versus Disney World, Disney World is much more spread out and it takes a while to get from thing to thing. But the flow of Disney World doesn't feel like there's just empty space where something could eventually be. Where at Disney Shanghai, the park is huge. It takes forever to get from one side to the other. But it feels like there's a lot of empty space where eventually rides or attractions are going to be implemented expansion pads exactly uh, let's talk about tickets like how how much does it cost to get a ticket to shanghai disney i think i know for like anaheim if you want to do a park hopper in anaheim i think it's uh, nearly 200 dollars at this point uh tickets for shanghai were close to uh 50 dollars us it's uh like it, the depending on the exchange rate it's it's somewhere in between 50 and 60 dollars us we were we got in to the park uh area we stayed at the toy story hotel um and we got there at like three in the afternoon and the park surprisingly closes at 8 30 p.m every day so it's uh, kind of so, like our universal studios in hollywood it closes like super early exactly and I was like, you know what? Let's just go over to the park uh, and, and do a half day. And there was it was no cheaper than normal, but it was still only about $50. Now, the, the interesting thing that they do at Disney Shanghai versus any of the other parks is, is that uh, when the park opens, there is the normal free uh, fast pass system that you can use uh, via the app the same way that you can do it at Disneyland. Oh, so it's not like the Magic Bands in Florida. Exactly. And it's all everything there is via the app, everything that they they want you to use. There's actually a separate app also for PhotoPass. So they want you to use the app for buying your tickets and getting your fast passes and making your plans for the day. And then there's a separate app for photo passes where all your photos go to the app. 
And what's funny about that, uh, you just reminded me, is that your photos, you can see them on the app, but to protect from you screen grabbing or stealing the photo, you your photo's completely blurred. And then you put your finger on the photo, and wherever your finger is reveals just that little circle of the photo. So wow. you can drag your finger around to be able to see the different parts of the photo, but you can't see it in whole. So theoretically, you could take a video and drag your finger around and then take that video into Photoshop and piece together the photo, but that would be a pain in the ass. Theoretically, yes. Um, Okay, so... With the fast passes, the thing that's different in Shanghai is by 11 a.m., the park opens, uh, there's a magic hour from 7.30 to 8.30 if you're staying at one of the two hotels, and then the park opens at 8.30. By 11 a.m., all fast passes were sold out for the entire day. But then they have a system set up where you can purchase individual fast passes uh for some of the rides you they don't even have fast passes but they do have what's called the premier pass which is a paid for fast pass that is good for the entire day there's no specific time when you have to use it or you don't and those start at 80 uh yuan which is um if i'm not mistaken it's about 12 dollars uh us so you're talking about per ride per ride and then it starts at uh per ride is 80 and those can sell out for the day, but we notice that those come back. So I guess it depends on if people use them. Then there's a three ride package uh, that's predetermined which rides. Uh, there's like an adventure pack that's, you know, like. Uh, so I'm guessing it's like one huge e-ticket ride and two smaller rides or something. Uh, it's like two bigger rides and then one smaller ride. Yeah. And then there's a six, uh, six pack and an eight pack, which eight covers, I think all the rides that have premier pass. So we actually did that the first day, uh, we got there cause we only had a few hours and we weren't sure how busy the park was going to be. So we went ahead and bought the, the six pack and it was well worth it. I mean, we got lucky though with Tron, uh, we got there and the ride had been broken and when we walked up to it. They had just opened it. So we got to ride Tron with zero wait time. The very first time. Yeah. And it's interesting that they're not using magic bands here, but I've heard it's because the Chinese all have phones with, uh, what is that, RFID or whatever. So, like, it, like it didn't make sense. Like, they, they actually did some surveys with the uh, Chinese people that, like, they would rather just use their phone than, than use, like, another, like, a wristband of some kind. Yeah, um, that makes sense. They, they definitely are on their phones maybe more than we're on our phones <laughs> yeah and you're talking about uh tron's uh, the, the roller coaster i think it's called uh what light cycle spin or something it's called light cycle power run or power run uh is that the best ride that you experienced there so ever since shanghai opened tron has been the ride that i wanted to ride uh that was the very first thing we did when we got there we rode it it's very cool um thematically yeah this uh, is my question to you because i'm a huge fan of tron and tron legacy and i want a a thematic ride but it looks like it's just a roller coaster that looks like tron exactly you walk in and in the first part of the queue line uh there's the the giant aperture uh i guess that's what it's called the big aperture the big like device that sucks you into the the computer exactly and then you go into the next room and you're walking on these hallways and it's all like lit up kind of like the grid and you've got the music get to the, the queue room to actually get on the light cycles. At this point, everything's like, this is amazing. You get on the light cycle and then it, 
as you're going, they have what's really cool is they have these mirrors. So if you look to your right, you it look you can see yourself riding the light cycle, which is kind of cool. That is but cool. One, but once you actually start the ride and you get onto the grid, there's no real Tron. Uh, you're supposed to be in a race. Like the whole queue, the videos, it's all talking about how you're this blue team racer and orange team always wins. And then once you're on there, like it's not like you're in a race. And then at the very end, there's a video screen to your right where you see, finally, you see an orange racer who goes underneath you to a video screen on your left and then they crash and explode. And there's a kind of a cool effect with these mirrors that gives you that, uh, like that pixel breaking effect that you see in the movies. And that's it. That's literally the only time the entire ride that there's any sort of, uh, actual feeling that this was a race. I'm I'm surprised that they didn't make this like a dueling coaster, kind of like they had dueling dragons in uh, universal studios in Orlando or, I guess kind of like uh, Radiator Springs race racers, that whole uh, end race thing. Like th- that, that could have been cool to actually have two groups of people dual, you know, racing each other. Yeah, that's that's how. Uh, after we wrote it, that's the, the very first thing I was saying is that's how it should be. What's cool on the ride, uh, which got me thinking more about how when Universal opens their Nintendo themed land, how to do a Mario Kart ride. There's sections of the roller coaster where you don't really slow down, but you hit these uh, arcing tunnels and there's a sound effect and it's like you hit a speed boost and all of a sudden your bike goes way faster. And I was thinking about that with like when they do a Mario Kart ride, that that is a very cool kind of technology that they can vary the speed of the roller coaster as you're going through. How does this coaster compare to other coasters you've ridden because this this is like one of those ones that you like lay into almost like you're riding a, a motorcycle right right yeah you uh you sit down in your knees kind of uh go into like a little stirrup and you lean forward and you pull down you pull like the motorcycle handles in towards you and when you do that the back comes against your back which has the uh identity disc so it looks like you're kind of wearing an identity disc and then there's speakers. Although you that have can't all see that, effects. except for you like can. I guess in the mirror, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and then um, the roller coaster is very much feels like if you go to Universal Studios and you do the Mummy ride, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like a trimmed down version of Space Mountain, uh, hmm. where you're kind of like spiraling inwards, kind of deal. You're making the sound a lot less exciting than I assumed it was. I mean, I, I can only go based on the videos I've seen, but it looks more intense than like the Mummy or Space Mountain. When it, it shoots you off at the beginning uh, in the same way that the Mummy does, and then it's yeah. got these little speed boosts as you're going through. I, I, I do, I'm not saying that I was disappointed at all in the ride. I've I yeah. been wanting to ride this since they announced it, but I will say that uh, it I didn't walk away from the ride like, oh, my God, this is the greatest ride I've ever ridden. There was another ride there, though, that I absolutely have said is maybe the best ride I've ever ridden at any theme park I've ever been to. Okay, before we get to that, we should say that the Tron roller coaster, they're building one in Orlando at Magic Kingdom Park. So that will be coming stateside. You won't have to go to China to experience this like Jeff did. Um, but okay. So you, you, I, I think I know what ride you're talking about. What is, you said this is the best ride you've ever ridden in any theme park. 
at any theme park. And uh, at Disney Sea, I did uh, Winnie the Pooh's Honey Hunt, which was a crazy ride. And I know a lot of people say that that's one of the best rides ever. This, the very first time I rode it, the entire, I, I, I'm not exaggerating, the entire time I was riding the ride, my jaw was just dropped and I was staring around in awe. I couldn't believe that this was a ride. And I couldn't believe that we don't have anything even comparable to this in the States, especially with all the new rides that have opened in the past so many years. So you're talking about Pirates of the Caribbean, Battle for the Sunken Treasure? This is a dark ride based on the films and not necessarily a recreation of the Pirates of the Caribbean rides that we have stateside. It is not at all like the Pirates of the Caribbean that we have stateside. It's based off of the second movie uh, for sure because it's Davy Jones is uh, the protagonist or is the antagonist. Uh, Jack Sparrow is the protagonist. There is a couple nods to the original ride uh, as you're going through in the very beginning they have like the jail cell scene with the dog and the guys reaching for the key, except they're all dead. They're all skeletons. Hmm. Uh, and w- what kind of ride this is, this is a boat ride, but it's not like the free running boats that are in Disneyland, right? Correct. It's the, it's about six to eight seats wide and just as many deep. So they get a lot of people on this and it has a, a lap bar system because this ride doesn't just move in one direction. This ride moves forwards, it moves backwards, it moves in these big arcing kind of uh, circular motions around things. Yeah, the boats uh, are uh, magnetically propelled is what I, I've heard. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And, and what makes it even crazier is that you're on water the entire time. So you don't see any sort of track. I believe it's trackless to begin with, like you said, magnetic. But the fact that it's on water is just adds a whole nother element to the technology. Now, the thing I'm wondering, one of the things I love about Pirates of the Caribbean and Disneyland is how many audio animatronic characters there are. Like, it, it seems like more than any other ride I've ever seen. And this, I know, uses some audio animatronics, but it's a lot more projection, proje- projected depictions of Jack Sparrow and Davy Jones and stuff like that. Uh, d- does that not, uh, how does that work? It's actually both. The very first time you see Jack is a it's a pretty cool reveal where you're doing one of these arcing loops around a skeleton pirate and then lightning flashes and all of a sudden the pirate comes to life and it's Jack Sparrow. And if I'm not mistaken, that's that's fully animatronic. And then the first time you see Davy Jones, he's fully animatronic playing at his big organ and he gets up and turns around and starts talking to you. Uh, mindful of all of this is in uh, Chinese, and <laughs> so I didn't understand a lick of it. But do, do they have a, a translator or anything like that, or is it just like no, you, you know, it, you you just don't understand. You just have to visually kind of get what you're seeing. But the, uh, the there's a lot of animatronics. They have those animatronics. There's a uh, scene where there's two of the guys who have like the barnacles on them. They're in stockades. And they're animatronic, but their faces are projected on, kind of like they do in the Haunted Mansion in the graveyard. Yeah, they do it at Cars, too. Um, does, uh, you know, one of my favorite parts of the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Disneyland is that big epic scene, you know, that huge room where there's this mm-hmm. uh, battle. Like, is there anything on that scale in, in this ride? It's that 
to the next complete next level. When you get to these rooms, you go in and it's a combination of the technology of these like big domed screened rooms like Soren or like King Kong 360. Yeah. But at the same time, there's all this practical around you. So you had these big practical ships with these giant video screens. And because the video screens are so big and it completely takes up your periphery that as you're moving through, it, it really feels like you're moving at these rapid paces underwater or above water, even though you're not really moving at all. So that stuff is really cool. Um, it's kind of like the Harry Potter uh, Battle for Hogwarts ride, uh, where there's a lot of video screens within practical effects, but it's just the scale is so much bigger that when you get to these battle scenes, there's one where it goes from like a giant video screen and then you're going backwards through two giant ships on both sides. You got, you have like Jack Sparrow in like a video in like the captain's quarter of one ship and there, this ship is shooting at the, the ship on the other side. And then you go into that one. <laughs> it's, and then the ship explodes and you're, you're rapidly moving backwards away from the fire. It, it's pretty amazing. I still want to experience this night. This is one of those rides that I just know is not going to come stateside because people love the Pirates of the Caribbean rides at Magic Kingdom and Disneyland Park. And I, I don't see them opening a second Pirates ride at either of these resorts. So I guess this is going to be something that you'll have to go to Shanghai to experience. Um, okay, so that's the highlight of your, your trip, uh, the best ride you had ridden. And I, I'm guessing Tron was the second best. Tron is very good. Like I said, like I, I, you just have to get past the fact that it's not as thematic as you want, yeah. but it's still a very fun ride. And the orientation of kind of being on the this like forward-leaning motorcycle type deal, it feels very cool. It feels like you're riding a light cycle, so that's very enjoyable. It's, it's short, but it, it's definitely worth uh, riding. So it'll be cool when it comes to Florida. What other rides are worth noting here? They have shows there that are really cool. They have uh, a Pirates of the Caribbean show with jack sparrow that's kind of funny from what i understand because again it's all in uh chinese the it's a traveling group of actors telling the story of jack sparrow and then jack sparrow kind of shows up and takes over the show (laughs) and then like the admiral shows up to fight jack sparrow and they have this giant stunt show and there's things that they do there that there's no way they could get away with in america uh, there's a, if you've ever wanted to know what a fist fight in a tornado looks like, <laughs> this is the show for you. They literally, if you've ever seen those, uh, indoor skydiving, there's that in the middle of the stage. And the final battle sequence is Jack fighting the Admiral. It's what's supposed to be a tornado in this, uh, indoor skydiving thing that's on the middle of the stage. So they're just having a fist fight in the It's pretty crazy. That is they crazy. Big, they have big gun effects and it was really neat seeing stuff like that. Um, but I will say that they have a experience at the park there that there's absolutely no way we would ever be able to have this stateside for a litany of reasons. It's called the challenge trails. And I knew nothing about this when I got there. See, when you're saying this, this this makes me imagine the Redwood Adventure in Disneyland, uh, Disney California Adventure. 
Yeah, I, I when you walk up to this, even looking at it, you you can't really discern what it is. And when you get through the queue, and again, because everyone's speaking a different language, I don't even know what's going on. But they, it took us a while to even get into the ride because you have to take everything and put it in a locker. You can't have anything in your pockets. You can't have anything. I had to take my watch off. <laughs> they real so I didn't know have any idea what I was in for. Then the next part of the queue, they give you a giant harness to put on. And so you're standing in this line strapping into a harness around your legs. And then you go to the next part and they give you – they attach a rope to you and put it in this system above your head. So you're walking around with this giant kind of metal bar above your head that your rope is attached to that's attached to you into your harness. And you just kind of go off. And you, there's an A, B, and C trail that you can decide to take, and you go down one of these trails, and then it's – the best way I can describe it is it's like being in an, an adventure movie, like being in Indiana Jones. <laughs> you'll, you'll get into a cave, and, have, and it's like a waterfall, and you have to navigate inside this cave uh, physically without falling to your doom <laughs> – along like a, a a little ledge in a wall like you're in a video game you're like backs against the wall and you're sk like skidding through and if you fall you fall and this this rope will catch you but it definitely feels like you're at peril the entire time rope bridges where you know planks are missing and there's different difficulty levels at each section so there's one where you can just kind of, you know, easily walk through. And then for the more adventurous people, there's ones where you're walking over, you know, a, a 30, 40 foot drop where you're you're making almost jumping movements from plank to plank of a bridge that's swinging left to right. What section of the park is this experience in? Uh, camp. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. Camp something. Uh, it's. It's its own little section, and huh. all that's really there is this and that, and there's no theme to it. The whole time I'm like, oh, they could, they could theme this after Indiana Jones, like you're going through finding these artifacts or Tarzan or something. It has no uh, no theme whatsoever. Uh, Camp Discovery is what it's called. It's the Challenge yeah. Trails at Camp Discovery. And I think Camp Discovery is kind of part of Adventure Isle, which is kind of their Adventureland. Kind exactly. Of thing. There's Roaring Rapids. Did you try that? We did Roaring Rapids. Yep. Uh, they. What's funny is they sell ponchos in line for uh, I think ten yuan, so it's like less than a buck huh. uh, to get a poncho, and uh, everyone buys them. And then you ride the ride. Uh, that was that was fine. It was you know the same as Grizzly River Run here. We didn't get wet at all on it. Yeah, and uh, they have what else do they have? They have um, Tomorrowland. They don't have a Tomorrowland. They have is it called something else? It's called no. Like... It, it's it's called Tomorrowland, but all that's there is uh, Tron, the Stitch Experience, which is really cool. I really wish that there was a way to understand what is being said uh, if you're not a native speaker, because you're in a little theater and. Uh, there's a big screen with Stitch on it. And he's flying his spaceship and he's talking to the audience and the technology has him looking at certain people in the audience. And so is this like turtle talk with crush? Kind exactly. Of thing? Yeah. 
And so he's talking to them and making jokes and there's videos of you on the screen, but it's really cool technology of him actually, uh, looking at people and gesturing and being excited about or sad about things that people are saying. And it's a very interactive, cool experience. And they also have a uh, toy story land. This is the park's first expansion. I haven't been to the one in Orlando. Is this kind of the same thing? Uh, I haven't been to the one uh, in Orlando since it was remodeled. I kind of saw the beginning of it. Yeah. But Toy Story Land was uh, it was cool. We didn't really do too much in there. We just did the, a little bit of a walkthrough. The big ride there, uh, Rex's Racer, uh, was closed for they're remodeling it right now. They're doing refurbishments on it, so we got to see it, but we didn't get to ride it. Then they also had um, Slinky Dog Spin, which is basically um just like like a little roller coaster looking thing for kids a kid coaster yeah yeah and then uh they had uh what's it called um it's basically like mater's jamboree yeah the swinging like spinny things um yeah except it's uh it's um woody's roundup or it's like a woody thing yeah woody's yeah it's woody's roundup in uh in Orlando, they have it based on the aliens from Toy Story. Is basically how they retheme it there. Um, in Fantasyland, uh, of course, there's the Enchanted uh, Storybook Castle. This castle probably makes our castle at Disneyland look like a children's toy, right? Absolutely. And what's really, I, I took a million photos of this castle. The park is so designed in, in this really cool way where. Everywhere you're in the park, this castle kind of looms. So wherever you are, you can get these incredible views and vistas of this castle. Uh, that oh, it's always different. There's so much about this castle. It, it's so big and it's so intricate that you kind of want to see it from all angles. And then there's a walkthrough of it that uh, you go up these big stairs and there's these beautiful busts as you're going up the stairs of every Disney princess. And then there's these video rooms that tell the story of Snow White that you go from room to room to room in. It's very, very pretty. It's very cool. Cool. Um, okay, so what what else is in the park that we're missing here? I guess there's that uh, that boat ride in Fantasyland? Yeah, yeah in Fantasyland, there is uh, Voyage to the Crystal Grotto, which is kind of like our storybook here in uh, Disneyland, the storybook boats. Yeah. And uh, instead of having those like little models, it's these giant uh, scenes with they're supposed to be all the princesses, but the Aladdin scene didn't have Jasmine, but they're big like water, water spraying everywhere. You know, Abu is opening a pot and water shooting out of it. And uh, it's pretty cool. It's a it's a nice little break thing that you can just ride and take a look at. It moves like Jungle Cruise. You're kind of on a boat like that. Is um there's also like this hedge maze based on Alice in Wonderland, I guess. Yeah, it's based on Alice in Wonderland, the movie. Uh, the the live action, anim- exactly. And uh, the hedge maze is very cool. It's not really a maze; like you're not getting lost in it. Uh, it's very cool looking. Uh, great place to take photos and stuff like that. And then you, it ends at the Mad Tea Party. It's a big photo op where you can sit in the Mad Hatter's chair and little there's a whole bunch of hats that you can put your head underneath and take pictures there so so it's basically just a fun photo op kind of experience yeah that you're just like walking through there's There's a a, there's a 
cave in there that has the Cheshire cat. That's kind of cool. And Kez, you're going through the cave. Um, paw prints are visually appearing on the walls and disappearing. And then you get to sections of video screens where the Cheshire cat appears and speaks to you and then disappears. Very cool. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff that is in the Disney parks, like the Peter Pan ride. Like there's a bunch of like Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Uh, there's some rethemed things. Like I, I think you posted a photo of they have the teacups there, but it's based on Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, it's uh, the honey pots. And <laughs> yeah, like Peter Pan, all the stuff there, Peter Pan, Snow White, all that. It's It's the same thing that we already have but it's newer technology. So stuff is slightly better. The, the video, the, the video screens are slightly better, stuff like that. So it's not, it's not things that you're missing out on if you don't go to Shanghai to see, but it is kind of cool seeing like the newer technology. So it sounds like the, the two big things that we're missing out right now on is the Tron roller coaster, the pirates of the Caribbean ride, and actually maybe that adventure trail that you're talking about, but everything else sounds kind of like variations of things we have or things that I probably don't need, like a hedge maze based on was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But then you write, then you do Buzz Lightyear's planet rescue, uh, which is basically like our Buzz Lightyear at Disneyland, except the technology is just way better. Every gun has a color coded laser pointer. So you always see where you're aiming versus the person sitting next to you. The the firing mechanism just works way better. It's way more accurate. Uh, I'm sure that's only... probably the technology that they're using for the Ant-Man ride that just opened as well, I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm sure. And uh, the only thing that I like better about Arbuzz is that they're, everything that you're shooting are these just giant video Zs. And it doesn't have as much variety as the look to the rooms and everything as, as ours does. It looks like you're just looking at a bunch of brown Z's everywhere that every once in a while turn green. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about the food. Was there anything interesting food-wise that you consumed at the, the parks? I will say that the food might be the most disappointing thing for us. Uh, when we went to Tokyo, Disneyland, and Disney Sea, the food there not only looks amazing, but it all tastes amazing. Where here, everything we got looked really good, but wasn't that great. We got the ramen noodles that has the Mickey Mouse 3D egg and it's very bland kind of tasting. And this wasn't our experience in the rest of China. We, I mean, the food that we ate in China for the most part was was amazing. It, just at the park, most of the stuff that we got, we went to Remy's and got a bunch of different desserts there. Everything just tasted a little bland and wasn't what we were hoping it to be. And uh, do they have a fireworks show? So in Shanghai, uh, interestingly enough, uh, because of air quality, fireworks are banned as far as I know. So Disney had to get special permission uh, to have fireworks at their castle show, but they're very tamed down. There are a lot more sparkly kind of fireworks with a few booms, but for the most part, uh, what you're there to see at the end of the night is the projections on the castle. Now this is where we had our probably most disappointing part of the entire trip. Uh, it, it was very crowded that day, but when the castle show started, everyone's kind of on top of each other, but every single person 
takes their phone out and everyone's recording. So you can't really see anything. All you're seeing is just everyone else's phones recording the video on the castle. That was one of the biggest cultural differences there versus here is that uh, almost nonstop, whether you're in a show, whether you're in line for the rides, everyone is just constantly on their phone. We're on our phones here a lot, but this was like on another level. When we were in the Tarzan show, you, you can't see anything because people are just staring at their screens that are blinding you with brightness the entire time. And half the time, it's not even that they're recording or taking pictures. They're just on social media or doing something like that. So it seems very acceptable, socially acceptable there. But that was a, a big thing that was a kind of a shock to the system for us that a lot of times you're losing out on seeing things just because everyone's got their phones out. Was there any other surprises, good or bad, from uh, this park? Uh, They had a really cool system that I'm sure worked really well when they first opened. It's a passport that you purchase for about uh, 10 or 11 U.S. dollars. And it looks like uh, your American passport. And there's inside of it all these places that you have to find within the park to get a stamp. And they have these machines that you insert the passport into and it prints the stamp on the passport and if you collect all of them then you get a special seal at the end and a prize we thought this was pretty cool it's like like a little scavenger hunt throughout the park unfortunately 90 percent of the machines no longer function properly so if the machine isn't working you got to go find somebody who can tell you which shop to go into to get the stamp or you just kind of have to find the shops nearby the machines to get these stamps That was a really cool thing, but at the same time, it was kind of disappointing that these machines just aren't working any longer. I also didn't understand the purpose of the machines because it takes less than a second for somebody to just stamp the passport. And these machines, it's the machines that worked, it's like a 15 to 30 second process. You insert the stamp, the machine sucks the passport, or you insert the passport, the machine kind of sucks it in, and then you can hear it printing. And then it ejects it. So it takes a while for it to do it. And there's not really any better part of that having the machine do it versus just somebody stamping it. But inside the password also has activities, which I think would be cool for like kids that, you know, they're waiting in line for whatever ride it is. And there's little activities they can do in the book. So that that was a cool thing that I think would be awesome to have at other parks. Was there anything surprising in terms of merchandise? Like I know when you go to Tokyo, for, for Disney, there's a lot of like weird traditions that they have there that are unlike anything you see in the American parks. Is there anything in China that is kind of weird and crazy? Uh, not really. Like Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea, instead of having Mickey ears like we have here, most of what they sell there is hats. Yeah. And so it's like little character heads you put on your head. They have some of those at uh, Shanghai. They also have a lot of headband ears, uh, especially uh, for females. So there were some cool ones that we saw there for that. But merchandising overall, um, you didn't get the cool stuff like the nano block, uh, little Lego kind of sets that they have at Tokyo. Uh, they had here the thing that I think they had that was kind of unique to them was they have these little statues that are like a pair of characters in kind of a cutesy form doing something so you know they had like zootopia which i was actually probably the most surprising 
thing there is that they had a lot of Zootopia merchandise oh, versus anywhere else I've been. Zootopia has done huge in China. Like it made, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they're actually going to be building an expansion of land, a Zootopia ride and land in that park uh, sometime soon. Yeah. And so like Zootopia is huge there. And then kind of their big mascot character there seems to be Lotso from Toy Story 3. That's weird. Yeah, there's tons of Lotso stuff. Giant bears, little bears, bear bags, cups. Everywhere you go, no matter where you're at, they have Lotso stuff. And it all smells like strawberries. (laughs) Of course it does. And (laughs) and it it does look like, by the way, Zootopia made $341 million in the U.S. In China, it made uh, $235 million. So it made quite a bit in China just alone. So uh, that's crazy. Uh, internationally, it made like almost seven hundred million. Um, okay, so uh, I guess lastly, we are running over time. Anyways, uh, what would you re- like if someone is thinking about visiting Shanghai Disneyland? What what like are the like quick tips that they need to know? Do they need the fast passes to buy the fast passes? Uh, if you're going to go to D- Disney Shanghai, two days. This is not a single day park. This is not a half day park. This is 100% a two-day park, especially if you want to see the shows. The shows are long. Uh, fast passes, you're only going to be able to get a couple of those in the morning. I recommend staying at one of the two hotels that they have there. The Toy Story Hotel is the cheaper hotel. It, it's not that expensive, and it's pretty cool. They have character uh, meetups there. They, The other hotel is much more expensive, Um but they have more amenities. They have like a pool and stuff like that, but they get you that magic hour. And that magic hour is a must things like Soren people run to Soren and they get on that. It's the same as it is in the States, except uh, the ending is Shanghai instead of the castle for wherever you're at. All these things, they, they book up to two to three hour wait times on a really bad day. So with that magic hour, we were able to knock out the Tron ride and uh, the jetpacks that are over in Tomorrowland and also get some stuff done in Fantasyland like Peter Pan. And at those times, you're only waiting five to ten minutes for stuff. It's great. And then you can book a couple fast passes for some of the bigger stuff to do later. But you always have that option of buying the passes for the other rides throughout the day. So that's a really cool thing to do price-wise. You're used to spending 100 and 120 to 200 dollars a ticket. So here you're already spending 100 or 50 dollars to get into the park. So you could use that, you know, additional 50 dollars to 100 dollars to buy passes for other stuff if you don't want to wait in line. But that's the big thing. Two days, you kind of have to plan that just so if you want to get everything done. Sounds about right. Okay, so Jeff, usually at the end of the podcast, I have someone. Uh, like plug whatever they are doing. I know you are an editor, so if people are watching the NFL or uh, UFC, they've probably seen your work. But do you have anything to plug here? Uh, you can find me on Movie Man Jeff Ten Twelve at Instagram if you want to see uh, some photos from Disney Shanghai. Cool. And you can find me at slash home on all social media. You can find this podcast published every weekday on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at slash home.com. And please head on over to our iTunes page. Give us a five-star review. Tell your friends. Spread the word. We'll see you on Monday. Wait, wait. So did, did you watch uh, Game of Thrones while you were over there? 
we wanted to watch Game of Thrones so bad while we were there. And the Great Firewall in China is no joke. I could I bought a VPN before I left and had it installed and everything while we were there. Just recently, they've really started to crack down on VPNs. So it couldn't connect to any of the VPN servers there. I had to get in contact with a VPN that we bought and they sent me kind of like some secret backdoor instructions on how to install stuff on my iPhone to be able to connect. So when we were on Wi-Fi there, we were able to finally connect and get on, but HBO Go wouldn't work. It would never connect to their servers properly. So we weren't able to watch it there. But in the research I found there, Game of Thrones will be airing, I guess, in China, but they're going to heavily edit it. Oh, wow. So there's going to be a lot less violence and a lot less sex. And I guess people are trying to petition over there to like have it unedited. That is crazy. 